0: Hello and welcome to The Things That Make Us, a podcast about people and the objects that have shaped them. My name is Zoe Laughlin and each week I invite a guest to pick five things that have inspired, delighted, provoked or influenced them. We then talk about these things at a time and place of their choosing with as many of the items present as possible. A practising NHS doctor, Ranj Singh specialises in the treatment of children and young adults. Working a punishing regime of shifts, Ranges at the coalface of our National Health Service. Alongside his medical career, Ranj co-created and is the presenter of the pioneering BBC TV show for children, Get Well Soon, a household name to anyone under five. Ranj can also be found on ITV's flagship show, This Morning, giving advice on all things medical. I joined Ranj at his home to discuss the five things that have made him. (laughs) objects?
1: Yeah, yeah, a tricky one. Was it easy to do? No, see I'm, do you know what it is? I try not to be sentimental, so I don't tend to hold on to things for too long. Occasionally I do, so it it wasn't easy because I, I guess I always kind of think that nothing's permanent. There were some things that I came across and I thought, oh that's really personal and I became really reflective. So, last night when I was thinking about it, I couldn't sleep. So, there were things that I sort of like looking through my drawers and I, and, I, and I found like little bits and pieces. And I say I'm not sentimental, but there's stuff like tucked away in places somewhere. And um, yeah, I got really, really emotional. It was a bit of a cathartic experience, actually. You know, I, was, I wasn't expecting that.
0: So, what's the first thing you've chosen? Okay, so the
1: very first thing that I'm going to talk about. It's a Sinclair ZX Spectrum and it's the 48k version I think is what it originally was. I, you know what, I I have such a fond place in my heart for this little thing. This was the very first computer I ever laid hands on and the reason it's important I think, this is what made me a geek and I love it. I love, I'm a geek at heart and my uncle um, when I was a, a kid um, I must have been about, I don't know, I was under 10 definitely. My uncle came to live with us and he was studying and he had a ZX Spectrum and he brought it with him and I thought it was the coolest thing on the planet. It was brilliant. I mean, it had to have like a separate cassette player to play the programs and that was cool in itself. Come on, we don't have that anymore. Um, and you used to have to wind the cassettes cassette, would put them in and they'd make the funny bitty noises when they're loading programs up. And he taught me how to, programming basic, which was, I mean, that's pretty basic now from what the programming languages we use at the moment. But I, you know, I learnt to, I used to sit and look through the manual and type and, and try to make programs that drew squares and circles and programs that played music. And it was, as a kid at that age, it was fascinating. It was revolutionary at the time. And its it set me off on this you know, pathway and geekery that I that just continued.
0: So, what sort of child were you? Uh,
1: curious, very curious. I I always say to people, my parents stopped buying me toys because I used to take them apart. And then, when they stopped buying me toys, I started taking TV remotes apart, which really annoyed them, because I I was fascinated by the way things ticked. So. I always wanted to work out how things worked. I remember taking apart the TV remote and discovering that there was a tiny little LED that flashed every time you pressed a button. And that to me was amazing. Wasn't quite as amazing to my parents, unfortunately.
0: So what's your second object? That you okay, so
1: coming, coming to the other end of the spectrum, boom, boom, um, is this. And I, know, and I know it's probably a bit of a cop album, but it's the iPhone. If you put these two things side by side, look how far we've come. I could never have imagined when I was mucking about on my spectrum that one day we would have a gadget that's the size of your hand that not only makes calls, does video messaging, you can surf the internet, which never even existed at that point, as far as I remember. It lets you be a photographer, it lets you be a videographer, it lets you be a blogger, it lets you be a social media sensation, it lets you be an artist, you know, it's, it's a tool for communication, it's a gamers tool, it's phenomenal. My life is in my phone, I can do everything from it. Um, and when I don't have it I kind of feel like, like, you know, one of my arms is missing, which is kind of sad, in a way. Because I don't think we should ever become too dependent on anything, and I have and I will happily admit it, I've become addicted to my iPhone. I cannot put it down. I'm the worst person at night to be on my phone just before I'm going to bed, and that's the worst thing to do.
0: So As, does it affect your relationships?
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I have to tell myself, put the phone down. Put it down, doesn't matter, there's nothing that important. That you can't just put it down and put it away and look at it another day um it's just do you know what's happened we've become so used to accessibility and you know light speed reaction and getting anything we want there and then at our fingertips be it information be it response just there's something very addictive about that there's we've never been able to do that and it's kind of it's immense and it's slightly overwhelming at the same time and i actually think i i am sort of of late i've been erring more and more towards this notion of digital responsibility that people are using as a buzzword and that is that you know technology inherently isn't bad technology is brilliant actually it's enabled us to do amazing things but we have to use it responsibly it's like it's like food food is not bad I love cake. It's not bad. Nothing wrong with cake. That's coming from a doctor. I love cake, but it's in moderation, isn't it? Oh, that's my...
0: There's that's, some technology joining in. That's my dishwasher piping up.
1: See, there's another great bit of, great bit of kit. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, anything in moderation. All right. Most things in moderation are perfectly fine. And technology is exactly the same. But I think we have to learn how to switch off. I really do, and I'm trying to teach myself how to do that. I'm trying to teach myself to put it down and stare out the window.
0: So, young Range, the geek, the yeah. curious explorer, taking things apart, working out how they worked. What was the journey from that to then thinking, I'm gonna be a doctor and look at how people work?
1: Gosh, um, so I think the, the geekery naturally and, the, and that curiosity naturally lent itself to well it's kind of because I had a a very scientific mind maybe um, I suppose if you could look at it that way um, you're probably going to hear a helicopter flying past now this here is what comes. this is what this is what living here does this is what living next to a heliport does to you it's cool for about a week but then it starts to get slightly taxing and it'll get louder <laughs> and louder in a minute do
0: they ever glide past the window? oh yeah yeah, yeah you'll see it Oh, exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's dead cool. At, it oh, is was, dead cool. I need cool. to watch. Here comes a helicopter.
1: Oh, it depends. Is it?
0: Is Actually, it... it's getting quiet. It must be coming from the other direction. Maybe
1: it's going in the other direction.
0: Mm. Okay. we'll shout out if you or see it. Or it may just be time. taking
1: off. But no, honestly, the first time I moved in, it was the coolest thing in the world. It feels It feels very James Bond-esque. Yeah. Anyway, I, I've digressed, haven't I? So mm. so I, I basically had a very scientific brain, I think. Um, uh, and I naturally, I kind of became more and more of an academic as time went on. But the, the weird thing was, there were two, I think, looking back in hindsight, there were two halves of me. There's this creative side, um, and then there was this really rational, really.
0: The engineer you know, in you. Engine, <laughs> yeah,
1: just this other side of me that. And basically, I swayed towards the engineer side and thought, okay, which one am I going to be able to use more productively? So it very much became, what do I want to do when I grow up? I want to be able to be something and I want to be successful at it and my parents were naturally like, come on, <laughs> which one's it going to be? We know which one we want it to be. So I swayed that way. and. Um, It's just, you know, it all stems from that curiosity of how things tick, how things work, and it naturally moved from machines and gadgets to people. I never thought I could actually become a doctor when I was a kid. Um, But someone told me, why don't you just go for it and see what happens? Like, aim high, and hey-ho, the second best isn't gonna be that bad then, is it? If you aim for the highest you can, so I did. Mm. I was just like, okay, fair enough, I'll give it a go. And um, I just knuckled down. I just knuckled down and probably became really boring because that meant I had to suppress all of the creative stuff, which was really sad because I didn't see another way around it. I could only concentrate on one thing or the other. I couldn't marry the two of them up. I used to be in a choir when I was in school. I gave that up. I used to do a lot of art when I was in school. That went out the window. And I just concentrated on being academic because I thought that's what I had to do. That's, you know, I've got to go, I've just got to go for it. It became very black and white. Um, and I kind of lost the colour a bit, which was a shame, I think. And I didn't really have anyone to encourage me to bring that colour back until I got to university.
0: So what's your third object?
1: This is an, a, a, a music album, it's The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, that means a hell of a lot to me. It, uh, it, it came out in my second year of university.
0: So you first bought it on CD?
1: On CD. And I still have the CD. Mm. And special albums I still buy on CD. I mean, back in the day, I would have bought in vinyl mm. before that. Because there's something special about having the tangibility of
0: You it. want the object. Yes, you yeah. want
1: the object. It means something. You can smell it, you can feel it. And it's got the booklet inside that you can look at. And it's, you know, it's, there's something special about that, I still think. This album kind of, you know, I used to listen to it over and over again. I just thought it was brilliant. And you know what? It's a modern classic now. And, you know, it's quite right. She won like six or seven Grammys for it. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal success. It was completely out of the ordinary when it came along. And ironically, this is what got me back into music. And listening to music properly I went from here I went back and I started listening to things like Stevie Wonder to Aretha Franklin to Nina Simone all those influences that went into this album I then went back I started to listen to a lot of jazzy stuff and it kind of reignited my musical fire in a way and I remember going to see the concert of this tour at Wembley and it was Who was she supporting? I'm trying to remember who she... I can't remember. It was a DJ, actually, that was supporting her. But literally, my friend said that I had a smile on my face throughout the entire concert. I don't think I've ever been so happy. It was such a good, good gig. And it was, like, me and my university mates. And, you know, I bought the the T-shirt merch afterwards, even though it's three sizes too big. Um, It was... Yeah, it was just... That album represents an entire experience, an entire chapter of my life when I was, you know, early university was when I was <clears throat> really doing my grown up. I was away from home for the first time. I was developing my own personality, my own sense of being in my own way, rather than kind of being confined, or for want of a better word, to the rules of being at home and kind of always being managed by my parents in a way and looked after by my parents. Finally, I was out there doing things that I wanted to do. And guess what? Music sort of came back and just came flooding back, and the creativity came back with it. And all of a sudden, I started to become less and less academic. For the first time in in a long time, I wasn't so fixated on all of that, and I was actually looking at all of the other stuff.
0: So you mentioned before we started recording, you've got a bit of a sore throat and a yeah. chest infection. But you also have a, a gig tonight where you're singing. So oh, has the yeah. music got to the point where actually you're performing in front of people and mm. you have a band?
1: After I'd qualified and left university, uh, obviously work took over and work became so busy. But then I did, I rejoined the choir. I, I, I came and I rejoined a community choir, first of all in Dulwich, um, called Notorious. <laughs> um, Really fun bunch of people, really, really cool. Um, But then when I moved away from Dulwich to Battersea, it became difficult for me to go, so I had to give that up. And then a year ago, I joined the Adam Street Singers. And they were a little bit, I mean, notorious. You didn't need to audition to get in. It was a lot more chilled out. And it's when I'm saying choir, it's not like traditional church stuff. It's a mix. It's gospel, it's musical theatre, it's pop, it's traditional and all that stuff in there. And same with Adam Street Singers, these are, these, these guys you actually had to audition for. And I auditioned about a year ago and I got in, I couldn't believe it. I had a few Proseccos before my audition because I was so nervous. I swore in the middle of my audition, I, yeah, it, it, anything that could have happened, happened. But I somehow, they must have been desperate, managed to get in. I've only sung in one gig of theirs so far and that was the Halloween gig up on the Batsy Barge. Tonight's my second, and tonight is a musical theatre night. And I was really looking forward to it until three days ago when I got this chest infection. My voice has gone completely to pieces and I've been doing everything. I'm even drinking honey and lemon now, aren't we? But I've been drinking and taking everything I can to possibly make it better. I don't know what's gonna happen. But um, I'm really excited about it. I'm just, you know, I love doing it. There's a buzz that you get when you do it. You know, people talk about the rush of endorphins you get when you sing.
0: There's, there's something about the communal voices, isn't it? Oh, that God. Just the tingles.
1: Hearing, hearing a proper choral arrangement live that's done well is brilliant. It's like one of the oldest forms of music, isn't it? Mm. Choral music and vocal music. It's, it's, it's a very human experience and it's, and it's, everyone can relate to it.
0: Well, there will in fact be an entire demographic of the population who do know you for mm. your singing, in fact. Do mm. so you... Present <laughs> and our co creator of Get Well Soon, yeah, yeah, CBB's TV show about medicine and yeah. sort of a young person's mm-hmm. experience of going to the doctors or the hospital, but has a very famous song,
1: <laughs> Bane of My Life. Sorry, yeah,
0: I can imagine. Bale you of must my get life. asked to like sing it in the supermarket.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. I, they call me the Pooh Doctor, which I never really planned that. Um, so I, I'm so my day job. For people who don't know is i'm a children's doctor um and i work in a children's a e in london i've developed this sort of parallel career as i've gone on that part that sort of pathway in media and that kind of leads me on to my next object yeah
0: actually. tell
1: us about it so object number four. um object number four so i developed this career in media and it's basically in a nutshell it's health promotion in the media so it's being a tele doctor or a doctor online or whatever um, and i specifically generally concentrate on issues that affect families, kids, young people, that kind of thing. And one of the ideas that I once came up with after a meeting I'd had with an agent was a kid the idea of a kid's medical TV show, because nobody had done it. And I, to kind of long story short, I took it to a production company. It was an idea I came up with in the shower, where all my best thinking happens, I think. I took it to a production company with clothes on, um, and they liked it. So we moulded it and pitched it to the BBC to the controller of CBBS. She really liked it. We made a pilot, and off the back of that, we got a series. And my fourth object is the stethoscope from Get Well Soon.
0: It's a lovely yellow. It's a lovely
1: stethoscope. yellow stethoscope with a with a tiger on the bell, and it's kind of you know that's that's glue gunned on. That's the art department made that for me. But it serves two purposes. One, it reminds me of where I borrowed to get the idea for the show. So my day job, because that is essentially the show is an exaggeration, an extension of my day job. Uh, and two, it reminds me of that show. I was incredibly lucky to be able to create something that now millions of kids watch.
0: But how, how does the TV show affect your day job then?
1: Um, <laughs> It's, like you say, you do get stopped and asked to sing the Pooh song. <laughs> or people will just sing it at you. You know, it, the, the response has been lovely. No one, I've never had a bad thing from it, really. You know, there are times when you're at work, your patients recognise you, and it's usually the parents that freak out. Um, and you do just have to say, you have a giggle about it, and you just have to say, right, okay, today I am here as your doctor, so let's, you know, do the job we're here for. Because at, at work, that is my job. But outside work, I'm the very silly, singing, dancing, or trying to dance poo doctor, as people like to call me.
0: But there's, I mean, there's another more serious side mm. to you, actually, around the advocacy for NHS and junior doctors, yeah. and lots of the work we are doing with Attitude magazine, providing yeah. support for yeah. young, gay, lesbian, transgender, yeah. bisexual you know, teenagers. I,
1: I think my passion is trying to help kids and young people become whatever they need to become to be happy. Whether that's healthier in terms of their body, healthier in terms of their minds, healthier, happier in terms of their outlook and how they feel about themselves. We can't do enough to help young people through that. And being a young person in this day and age is really difficult. There are so many pressures, so many expectations and concurrently, there is a lack of support and a lack of resources to cope with all of that stuff. It's difficult growing up in this day and age. And we've made progress on so many things. An example being the way we look at LGBT issues, the way we that young people are so much more open to difference and diversity, which us grown-ups could really learn from. Um, it's a lovely thing to see. But that's only happened because of the efforts of so many people who have tried to make things better. We still have a lot of challenges. We still have a long way to go, but we're making progress. And I guess I'm just trying to do my bit.
0: So the situation at the moment with the junior doctors mm. contracts, I mean, we're talking at a time where there's just been one of the, you know, the first strike in 40 years. 40 is that right? years.
1: The, yeah. One of the biggest strikes. The NHS is seen and the first doctors' strike in about 40 years. I
0: think it was long, like 98% of the people who were polled said, yes, you want to do it. Like That's was unprecedented. Yeah.
1: yeah, so the BMA had to, as part of the, the process, ballot its members. And of those who responded to the ballot, which was several tens of thousands of doctors, 98% voted yes to industrial action, some form of industrial action. You never get results like that in any poll. That just doesn't happen, 98%. That, in itself, should be a wake-up call because if 98% of doctors are jumping up and down and saying something, you need to listen.
0: So how would you sum up this crisis in the yeah. NHS?
1: The NHS has been in trouble for a long time. It's, it's a unique organisation, it's a massive organisation and it's got loads of challenges. It's not perfect, but it does a really, really good job considering the challenges it has. And we're lucky to have it. Countries that don't have it, you know, the people there really do suffer because of it. And other countries will look to us and say, that's the kind of healthcare system we need. And we should be proud of it. It's it's one of our national treasures. It can, like I said, it's not perfect, and it does have pitfalls. But there's so much good that comes out of it it is there when you need it whenever you need it and nobody will and it doesn't matter if you can pay or not it doesn't it's not judged on what you have it's judged on what you need
0: but does it so does it feel that that's being chipped away at
1: but that's the thing i think over time what's happened is the pressures on the nhs have changed the way we think about healthcare has changed and the way we use the nhs has changed and either the nhs adapts to it or we need to adapt and start looking after the nhs because otherwise it will break and it's at breaking point in several places at the moment for lots of different reasons. But we have a duty to look after it as well. We need to make sure that we use it appropriately. We need to make sure we use it for the right things. So junior doctors make up about 50,000 staff, doctor staff in the NHS who aren't consultants or fully-fledged GPs. So that's every other doctor essentially. Um, and you may be may, may have been a doctor for six months or you may have been a doctor for 16 years, you could still be classed as but a junior doctor. But junior has
0: nothing to do with age, is it? No, it's, no. Just
1: a, it's just a term that's put on, that's been used as a label because it's easier. And they form a, an important, but a part of the NHS. And looking at their contract is an important bit because it has to be fit for purpose, it has to be fit for the future. And so negotiations have been going on for years and years and years to try and hammer out the best contract for everybody, for the NHS and for everybody else. But unfortunately, the end result has been that the two sides of the argument have really clashed. The government on one side and the Department of Health and then junior doctors and their union, the BMA. Basically, what the BMA and doctors are concerned about is that the contract that is being proposed and the government has said that if we can't come to an agreement that they will impose it anyway, which I think is a little bit unfair because that's not the basis of a negotiation. If it doesn't go my way, well it's going to happen anyway, you know, that's not that's not how you negotiate things. The BMA and junior doctors are worried that the changes, if they are allowed to just go through as they were being proposed, will be detrimental to the NHS and that's, it'll be unfair to the staff that work in it. Um, because the staff already work pretty hard. You've got to value that, that without that body of hardworking people, you don't have an NHS. Um, And it would be unsafe and unfair for patients as well, and for doctors. So you could have doctors working longer hours, working unsafe practices. Um, You can have doctors who are thinking of leaving the NHS because of it, and therefore you're gonna have a massive shortfall of staff. Guess who suffers at the end of the day? You and I as patients. And that's what everybody at home needs to worry about, that this isn't an issue that just affects junior doctors, I'm afraid. This isn't, because the repercussions will filter down to every single person in this country who has a contact with the NHS, and every single person in this country will do at some point in their lives, and they will suffer. And that's why we're standing up and saying, this is not good enough. Let's put aside the impact that it's going to have on us just for the sake of the public, please listen to us because what you're proposing, we've shouted before and you've shouted us down and you've been wrong. We cannot now let this happen again. We've made mistakes in the past. We're not gonna, we're not gonna just sit down and let it happen again. Mm. That's the gist of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I get a bit critical oh, sometimes. Quick, Have a quick swig of the honey mm. and lemon and then introduce your fifth object.
1: Right, my fifth object. So um, I struggled to find a fifth one. Because, like I said, I'm not sentimental, but when you hear what this is, you might think, hang on a minute, it's quite cheesy. So this is, for for those of you at home who can't see it, this is a red mm, velvet line sort of covered.
0: That's that's flocked. Flocked. That's, that's flocked. A flock effect. Oh, there you yeah, go. Oh, the there you go. Term for flocked. That. Flocked. I like to see, that's why Flocking. When you, what happens Flocking. is you statically charge an object and you spray little tiny hairs at it and they arrange themselves standing on end because of the static electricity. I you spray, always, there's a glue surface and
1: you spray the hairs on. I wondered how they did that because yeah. it looks like they've coated it in a sheet of material but yeah, ah, it's, there's it's, no joint. It joins.
0: provides a velvet effect over any surface.
1: Oh I love it. Freaking. Well my flock's got a bit dusty because um, it sits on my radiator. It is the word love flocked in red and without getting too cheesy over it, so this I bought just before I moved into one of my uh, flats, the first time I moved into Battersea, actually. It just kind of reminds me that, do you know what? No matter what you do, no matter what you start, no matter where where you go or what you're aiming for or whatever your actions are, if you start off with these four letters, if it comes from a place where these four letters are, then it... No matter what happens, it's never a bad thing, and I and and that's especially important since there's so much crappy stuff going on in the world. There really is, and this or maybe this is age that's that's kind of having an impact on me when I'm starting to get a bit reflective. Like there's loads of naff stuff in the world. Look around. It's you know there's 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 some horrible things going on, and I think sometimes we just need to remember that like a teeny little bit of love can make things so much better if we show that to each other to ourselves you know to a stranger to those around us that we care about i i now have this in every single place i live and it's the first thing i take in because i think everything should come from a place like this and i'm just getting old and cheesy i think that's what it is and it's kind of it's kind of the mushy side of me maybe but um
0: but you give a lot of care, and I'm curious to know, who cares for you? Do you feel more uh-huh. supported? <laughs> um,
1: do you know what, that's when... Maybe, maybe love's the, 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 the term I'm using to describe, but it's compassion, mm. isn't it? That's when all those people that are around you, your friends, your family, your colleagues, those people you care about and matter, that's where your support comes from. That's where you're... Use that to build your own resilience.
0: Ranj, thank you so much for sharing the things that have made you. I I
1: hope I haven't rambled on for too long.
0: Not
1: at all. I tend to to, um, babble.
0: listening to the things that make us to see pictures of the things selected by the guest in this and all episodes please visit thethingsthatmakeus.com you can get in touch with the show via twitter at thingsmakeus and if you like what you hear please subscribe so not to miss the next installment